0: Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayikra, and it means, He called. Leviticus 4, 1-18 Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything that violates one of the Lord's commands. If the high priest sins, bringing guilt upon the entire community, he must give a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He must present to the Lord a young bull with no defects. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle, lay his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. The priest will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the fat of the bull to be offered as a sin offering. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins and the long lobe of the liver. He must remove these along with the kidneys, just as he does with cattle offered as a peace offering, and burn them on the altar of burnt offerings. But he must take whatever is left of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung, and carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially clean, the place where the ashes are dumped. There, on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. If the entire Israelite community sins by violating one of the Lord's commands, but the people don't realize it, they are still guilty. When they become aware of their sin, the people must bring a young bull as an offering for their sin and present it before the tabernacle. The elders of the community must then lay their hands on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain. He will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. 1 Kings 7.40-8.21 He also made the necessary wash basins, shovels, and bowls. So at last Huram completed everything King Solomon had assigned him to make for the temple of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two networks of interwoven chains that decorated the capitals, the four hundred pomegranates that hung from the chains on the capitals, 2 rows of pomegranates for each of the chain networks that decorated the capitals on top of the pillars, the ten water carts holding the ten basins, the sea and the twelve oxen under it, the ash buckets, the shovels, and the bowls. Hiram made all these things of burnished bronze for the temple of the Lord, just as King Solomon had directed the king had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Sukkot and Zarathan. Solomon did not weigh all these things because there were so many, the weight of the bronze could not be measured. Solomon also made all the furnishings of the temple of the Lord, the gold altar, the gold table for the bread of the presence, the lampstands of solid gold, five on the south and five on the north, in front of the Most Holy Place the flower decorations, lamps and tongs, all of gold, the small bowls, lamp snuffers, bowls, dishes, and incense burners, all of solid gold, the doors for the entrances to the most holy place and the main room of the temple with their fronts overlaid with gold. So King Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts his father David had dedicated the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of Sukkot, which is held in early autumn in the month of Ethanim. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the Ark. The priests and the Levites brought up the Ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There, before the Ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep camp. Then the priests carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the Most Holy Place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the Ark, forming a canopy over the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the temple's main room, the holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he has made to my father David. For he told my father, from the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I have chosen David to be king over my people, Israel. Then Solomon said, My father, David, wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now... The Lord has fulfilled the promise he made, for I have become king in my father's place, and I now sit on the throne of Israel just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, and I have prepared a place there for the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Mark 14:22 to 52 As they were eating, Yeshua took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Yeshua told them, All of you will desert me, for the scriptures say God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Yeshua replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times, that you even knew me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Yeshua said, Sit here while I go pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba Father, he cried out, Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Yeshua left them again and prayed the same prayers before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And immediately, even as Yeshua said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Yeshua. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Then the others grabbed Yeshua and arrested him. But one of the men with Yeshua pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Yeshua asked them, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfil what the scriptures say about me. Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked Psalm 52 1 to 9 Why do you boast about your crimes great warrior don't you realize God's justice continues forever all day long you plot destruction your tongue cuts like a sharp razor you're an expert at telling lies you love evil more than good and lies more than truth you love to destroy others with your words you liar But God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will trust in your good name in the presence of your faithful people. Proverbs 11 to 3. The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights pride leads to disgrace but with humility comes wisdom honesty guides good people dishonesty destroys treacherous people 4 3 2 1 i want to speak to you today from our reading from the hoftor portion from first kings chapter 8 and we're going to zoom in on first kings chapter 8 verses 9 10 and eleven. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord had made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Can you imagine what it would have been like if you had been there and you had seen this incredible cloud fill the place? And it says that the priests couldn't even continue in their services. They ended up flat on their face. This is the culmination of of Solomon building this temple with his huge crew of people helping him. And now this cloud, the very presence, the Shekinah of the God of Israel fills the temple. There are three other places that I want to take you in the scriptures that mention this cloud. This cloud is indicative of the presence of God. It is his Shekinah, his glory. The first place I want us to look at is in Exodus chapter 40. This is the wilderness tabernacle. And in Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 and 35, it is written, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode therein, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and a fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So in the wilderness tabernacle, the tent of meeting, there was this cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. And this cloud by day and pillar of fire by night was with them when they initially left Egypt and they came to the Red Sea. They followed the cloud through the Red Sea. This cloud is the very right hand of God the Father. It is the pre-incarnate form of Yeshua. Yeshua is the right hand of the Father. He is the mighty hand and the outstretched arm of God the Father. So we see this cloud by day and pillar of fire by night in the Exodus journey when the children of Israel left Egypt. The next place I want us to look is in Isaiah chapter 4. We'll start in verse 3. And this is future prophetic. It's speaking about the end of days. It's speaking about um, the great tribulation period. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 3. All who remain in Zion will be a holy people. Those who survive the destruction of Jerusalem and are recorded among the living. The Lord will wash the filth from beautiful Zion and cleanse Jerusalem of its bloodstains with the hot breath of fiery judgment. Then the Lord will provide shade for Mount Zion and all who assemble there. He will provide a canopy of cloud during the day and smoke and flaming fire at night, covering the glorious land. It will be a shelter from daytime heat and a hiding place from storms and rain. So we see this cloud by day and pillar of fire by night that is future prophetic. It will be during the second greater exodus to come, that we will see this cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. And the next place I want us to go where we see a cloud is in Luke chapter 21. I'll start in verse 25, but the punchline verse is verse 27. And There shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory." Let's think about that. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So Yeshua manifested himself as a cloud when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. We see this glory cloud come and fill Solomon's temple after they finish building it and they dedicate it. This glory cloud, the cloud of God. The glory of God comes and fills Solomon's temple. And then here in Luke, when Yeshua returns for the second time, he comes in a cloud with power and great glory. So this cloud is the glory, the essence, the presence of the God of Israel. I look forward to the day When we will get to see that cloud of glory and great power. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. ye he aduna na fa na fi lakh dekhun neka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers Chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you.